Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. And welcome back to Shouts of Grace Radio. It's good to be with you on this weekend's episode. This is Pastor Keith Radke here in studio with Pastor Steve Pearson. Pastor Steve, are you living wise? I I don't know, man. I, I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. You know, every time that I gotta go back and forth to the to the to the good book, you know, to, yep. to make sure I am, but do our best. <laughs> yeah, well that's what our current series has been is Living Wise, Lessons from the Proverbs and uh, I've enjoyed our conversation. The last two episodes were great. You talked uh and kind of helped guide that conversation on learning to hate what God hates. You know, especially in a day like today where we're talking so much about hate versus love and is it right to hate and when do you make judgments on what is right and wrong? You know, the Bible definitely gives us guidance on hating the right things. On today's uh, conversation, we are going to speak about how to deal with our own sin from Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. We want to live wise. We want to deal with our lives according to uh, the truth found in God's Word. And so we're going to talk this episode about how to deal with our own sin. And then next time, we're going to talk about how God deals with our sin. And the reason why we're doing it in those steps is because Paul would write uh, when he was talking to the church about taking communion um, together as a body, he would talk about the importance of judging ourselves so that we would not be judged. Dealing with our own sins, dealing with our own faults as revealed to us by God's Word before God has to step in and deal with them. And so today's episode, as well as our next episode, will cover dealing with sin. So today, from Proverbs 28, 13, how to deal with our own sin. Proverbs 28, verse 13 says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Pastor Steve, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper. Let's talk about that. One of the challenges of being a Christian is, number one, to understand who I am right before God. I think a lot of times what happens is people come to Christ because they come on the basis of you know, hey, there's there's an eternal God and there's an eternal judgment, and I don't want to I don't want to be judged for my sin, and so mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna come to God and then save me from heaven, and and then real or save sa- save me from hell for heaven, and then really what ends up happening is they get into this mindset that really what they want out of life is a better version of themselves, okay, and 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 what happens with that is um, as they start to do well. Um, y- they they kind of start to feel like they're they're on this higher plateau or higher ground with God, and then when they do bad, they kind of feel like, well, I'm 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 real down with God, rather than having a real um, a balanced view of who they are before God, and that view is I am a sinner, mm-hmm. right? And so so if I'm going to understand 
what God's desire is for my life, it always has to start from this idea that I am a sinner because what flows out of that is this mindset of grace, that what God gives to me is 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 this is this undeserved, unmerited favor. And so um if I start there, Keith, that that I'm a sinner, then I have to order my life around that. And and one of the things that you do when you order your life around this perpetual idea that you're always blowing it is you have to have in place this idea that you're always repenting or you're Mm. always having to come to God. And you got to be okay with that. You got to be okay with this state of every day I'm, I'm confessing my sin every day. I'm acknowledging where I'm wrong before God and wrong before people. Right. And I'm keeping that very short account with God. And, and, and I'm an open book before God, because here's the thing. If you're not an open book before God, it is impossible for you to be an open book before people. Right. You, you just can't be right. But if you're transparent before the Lord and you're like, God, this is what you got. This is all you got to work with. I mean, mm. I'm sorry then God is then able to create a humility in you where you're okay with being a sinner. Not that you're okay with the sin. You're okay with the reality that you're a sinner, reality that you're a sinner. You can't fix it. There's nothing you can do. And now you can be real and transparent before people. But what you often see, Keith, particularly in the community of faith, is people that when they're not real before God, it's impossible to be real before people, and they come across as very self-righteous. And therefore, they don't have this life that's lived on their knees. They don't have this life of continual confession, and here's why. Because continual confession and acknowledgement of your sin and your state before God in many people's eyes is a sign of weakness. Yes. It's, it's, it's a sign of, of, of having a crutch and a sign of weakness is really in a lot of people's eyes. It's, it's, it's this idea that you're just not quite the human that you need to be. Mm. And, and, and the gospel would actually say something different, wouldn't it? Yeah, it does. You use the word transparent. And I think it's so important for us to define transparency has to do with living in the realm of reality and not perception uh, as 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 um as Christians but just as humans we tend to want to um control what people think of us you know we're trying to control perception we're trying to present ourselves as something and someone that we think makes us more attractive more likable um people will trust us more there'll be more opportunities for us but the gospel presents the fact of Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and all have fall short of God's glory, of God's perfection, of God's reality. God's reality is one of holiness and perfection. So the gospel says, no, all have sinned, and the only way for that to be taken care of is to believe in the gospel as revealed to us by Jesus Christ and to receive him as your savior and to have your reality changed, not the perception changed. Right. And so Christians who are living in the realm of transparency are living in, in reality. And so some people take transparency too far and it just means I've got to just spill all my guts to you and tell you everything and every and all the nitty. No, what it means is honesty. Right. It means reality. It means I'm not going to prop myself up and walk in an area of pride trying to feed my own ego and present something that I'm not. I am being honest because the gospel has presented my true condition. So the reality is I am saved by grace, and it is God's grace that is at work in me. And so when expressions of my former sinful you know, existence before Christ come out— um, 
I'm like Paul saying, who's going to deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ. You know, there's deliverance there. I'm dealing with it. I'm confessing. Can you talk a little bit, Pastor Steve, about the importance of confession? Like, because you have concealing yeah. and you have confessing. Yeah. So so we, we get the idea of concealing. We're just covering up our sin. We're not admitting it. We're creating a false perception. What is this confession talking about? Well, that's a great question, Keith, because here's the thing. There is a consequence to concealing sin, right? There, there, right. There's a byproduct. And listen, there's a personal, internal byproduct in the soul of a human when they hold or harbor transgression and they're not transparent and, 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 and they hold sin. Listen to how David paints this in Psalm 32. Um, when David hides his sin, I want you to see uh, the byproduct of this. He says, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groanings all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged or confessed my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. I want you to listen to the life of a person who hides sin, who who lets sin kind of rule their mind. He says, first of all, my bones wasted away. Keith, there was a physical aspect to it. Um, we might in today's day and age call it stress, right? Mm. When people live a life of sin or they hide sin, a Christian might hide sin, uh, you know, it, it, it's a stressful situation. Yeah. They're always wondering, what lie have I told? What do I have to cover? What do I have to, you know, make sure and man, man, manipulate people that they see? It's a stressful time and their bones wax wax cold. It's just kind of a, a, a thing that, that he also says, they groan all day long. In other words, there's no relief from it. Mm. It's just this constant, constant nagging and thinking about, and it just weighs on them, right? If a, if a, if a, if a young girl, you know, like I, I had a situation not too long ago, a young girl, um, you know, got, got pregnant out of wedlock, right? And, and hit it. She, she, she hit it from her, from her parents for a, for a while, she would say that I just groaned all day long. I could, it wouldn't leave my mind. It just, it nagged her. These are, this is what happens. And here's what happens, Keith. The enemy tells us if you just hide it and nobody knows, you'll get through it. Just mm-hmm. be quiet. And what he's not telling you is it just destroys your innards, your spiritual inwards. You're just kind of like, my gosh, I can't, I can't kick this thing. Then he says, then he says this, Keith. He says, for day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. And this is one of the heaviest things about transgression. When a person hides their transgression in the Lord and, and they're a Christian, the conviction of God is heavy on them. It doesn't go away. And, and in addition to the physical aspects, in addition to just the, the inward turmoil, there's the conviction of God that won't let them rest and they're tossing and turning. And, and it's, it's, it's an inward battle, Keith. So, so essentially the soul is connected to the body in, in the impact of a healthy or unhealthy soul condition upon the body's condition. So if I am, if I am walking in a place of unrepentant sin, if I'm walking in a place where I'm trying to cover it up because of my arrogance, I'm trying to cover it up because of my shame, I, I am, I'm actually contributing to the holistic unhealthiness in my body. Yes. Uh, it's not, like, like when we talk, people will use this excuse, well, I'm not hurting anybody. 
right? When they sin, they, you know, they want to justify it. So, well, it's not hurting anybody. You know, this is just, well, yes, you are. You're hurting yourself. That's right. You're hurting yourself. And, and, and stress, like the doctors are, are, are grabbing a hold of this more and giving more guidance to people of like, how can you reduce stress in your life? You know, what is your work-life balance? You know, and those kind of things. Well, yes, sin also contributes to stress because for one reason or another in the conscience, I'm always looking over my shoulder and wondering, am I going to get caught? Am I going to get found out? But the confession of that, the release of that sin in the right direction towards God becomes an actual relief of stress, which impacts the whole body. That's right. That's right. And, and, and one of the other things, and there's oftentimes a, um, you know, and, and, and we can talk about this, you know, after, after the, after the break here is he says, my strength was dried up. Oh. And oftentimes, Keith, I know you've been a pastor for a while. People will come and they'll say, um, I feel far from God. Right. I, I, I just, I don't feel like I have any power. I don't feel like I have any strength to live the Christian life. And maybe we can talk a little bit more about that after. after yeah, I think it's going to be important to, to address some of the internal mechanisms that God puts in into us to tell us that something isn't right. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airwaves with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. So we're talking about how to deal with our own sin from Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen. And Pastor Steve, you brought up David's song in Psalm 32, and he's talking about what happened when he didn't confess his sin, because he starts off with a blessing. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven. Like, what, what a blessing it is to know you're set free. But when you keep silent, when you don't come to God in confession, then there is an internal unhealthiness that it's a sickness, and it, and it spreads. I mean, it, it starts off small, and then it gets worse and it gets worse and it's worse. You've probably had an infected wound or something like that. We can all relate to something not getting better, but getting worse. Mm. And and David, David says, he, acknowledging it, God's hand was heavy on him and his strength was dried up by the heat of summer. The release came when he confessed his transgression to the Lord. So what does is, what is healthy confession look like? Um, if, if, if the signs of... of of sin, maybe we should back up just a little bit. Some of those internal indicators, like we call it, uh, we've been teaching through the book of Romans, and when we were in chapter two, we talked about the conscience, how God gives us our conscience. Um, so, so let's talk about that, and then let's talk about the, 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 what happens when we make that confession. Well, the first thing that happens is the exact opposite of what um, the devil tells you will happen. You know, and, and the devil tells you this is why you need to keep quiet. Because if people find out you're going to, there's going to be havoc that's wreaked in your life, in your marriage, in Mm -hmm. your relationships, at your work. And and, and so you just need to cover it. You need to be quiet. What he doesn't tell you is what we talked about, all that internal damage. But the other thing he doesn't tell you is the freedom that comes when you do um, expose your own self, if you will, when you confess your sin before God and before people, he doesn't tell you, um, as, as, as David would say, um, in Psalm 51, when he said, um, that, 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 
that God delights in truth in the inward, inward hearts. hearts. And and so so when God is delighting in in the truth that's in you, when you bring it out, you are now what what Romans 5 would say, you're experiencing the peace of God. And that really surpasses all of the other turmoil that you that that you were worried about. I'm like, gosh, what if what if my wife finds out? What if my kids find out? What if whatever? God's saying, listen, I will give you peace when you deal with me in truth. Mm-hmm. And and Keith I've been in situations where, you know, in my own life where I've hid sin. I mean, mm-hmm. we all have. And, and right. I haven't been transparent either with God or or with people for that matter. And and I've had times when I have confessed it. I have times when God's God's blown the whistle, mm-hmm. you know, and other mm-hmm. people have seen it. You know, but I've had times when I've confessed it. They're rich times. They're rich right. times of 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 just this the saturation of the peace of God and, 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 and my soul feels better, right? right? The exact opposite of what I was told. Right. Well, it says back in Proverbs twenty eight thirteen that when we confess our sin and forsaken, we obtain mercy. Mm. Like mercy is the, is, is the, the place where I, I, has, grace is, is receiving what I don't deserve, but mercy is having what I do deserve withheld, right? Mm. Judgment is coming. Consequence for my folly, my pride, my sinfulness is coming. But God has, has inserted mercy as a stopgap to stop the judgment, to stop the pain um, from, from perpetuating. You know, there is that pain from sin, but he, he's bringing it in. And, he, and, and mercy is the beginning of peace. That's right. And that internal peace. And so what, what, we're, what, we're, what we're also acknowledging here is that the devil is a liar who says that if you confess your sins, your life's going to get really bad. When God says, if you confess your sin, it's going to get really good. There's right. going to be mercy. Mercy leads to peace. Peace leads to joy. Joy is freedom to live our life. There's a progression there. When he says here in verse 13 again, that whoever conceals his transgression will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them. When you were talking about confessing our sin to God and confessing our sin to people, how do I know the difference between the two? Does everything have to be confessed to a person? Or yeah. do I, obviously, I mean, how, how does that work out? Like some people say, well, you should obviously confess everything to God. And other people are like, well, yeah, you should confess everything to God, but you should also have an accountability partner. You should tell everything to your spouse or you should tell everything to your pastor or something like that. Well, yeah. where's the balance in there? Well, what, think, what is biblical confession look I think like? the first thing is, as David recognized in Psalm 51, against you and you only have I sinned, right? Now, now when he said that, he obviously, that wasn't, that wasn't the case because he was saying that on the heels of killing Uriah and sleeping with Bathsheba, he sinned against quite a few people, right? right but right. he was acknowledging that first and foremost, above all else, his confession was to God because God had given him everything. And if that wasn't enough, God said, I would have given you more. So, so he, he despised what God had given him. So right. he, he had a crime against heaven. He had acknowledged that. And, and, and he did. And, and when it comes to confession to people, it's always secondary, and, and, and I'll tell you, I, I don't know of anything in Scripture that says that I'm required to confess everything to a person. I, I, I am told of things like he who bears his whole, you know, a fool bears his whole heart, and, and, and I think there's, there's a time and a place, and that's up to the conviction of God in each person's you know, situation, and based on the offense— that that I would I would listen to God and say okay I'm I'm, I'm going to go make things right right but I don't I don't think you know that's that's the beauty of the cross every everything is forgiven in fact if you remember um, I think it's in Second Samuel I want to say like Second Samuel twenty four after David had numbered the people right um, he saw that seventy thousand people had died from a plague and he went to God and he said he said God 
why are the people happy? Why do the sheep have to pay for this? Bring it upon me and my house. Mm. And God said, go up to Aruna's house, purchase a threshing floor and make a sacrifice. And as soon as he did and he made the sacrifice, it said God heard the plea and the plague stopped. Here was the point. Mercy was found in the sacrifice. And we looked at that a couple weeks ago when we looked at Romans chapter four. Mercy is always found in the sacrifice, not in my confessing everything that I've ever done, but in the sacrifice. Because the reality is you and I can't possibly confess everything we've done because we can't remember. We're, you know, I think it's in Genesis chapter six, God said, I'm going to wipe all these people out because the thoughts and the intents of their hearts are evil only continually, Mm -hmm. right? So you and I can't even fathom the evil that we produce out of our minds and hearts. So there's no way we confess everything. That's the beauty. The sacrifice covers it. But I do think that in in accordance with God's word, first we confess to him so we can walk in peace with him and then God will give us the rest. That's right. And and Pastor Steve is talking about a message given at Redemption Hill from Romans chapter four. So you can go to redemptionhillutah.com and you can listen to that message or you can download the Redemption Hill mobile app and you can listen to the message there. You know, Pastor Steve, I think there is um, there is something that needs to take place in us before it gets too bad. And and God gives us our conscience. He gives us the Holy Spirit. You know, there is important to understand the difference between conviction and condemnation. We talk about that a lot. Conviction is the, the, the gentle but direct work of the Holy Spirit to say, this is not good, this is sin, this is not the way, this is not the truth you should be walking in. Condemnation, that doesn't come from the Lord. That, that, that is, we can be self-condemned and we can be condemned by the enemy. But it's important for us to see the value of, of our conscience, that God uses that, that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, but he also puts people in our life who are going to remind us of the things that we know are true, and so there are times where confession be, between you and another mature, trustworthy believer who, frankly, is not going to go telling everybody else your dirty laundry, right? We need those types of things. We need to, to avoid what Paul says. You've, you've gone so long in your sin, your conscience is seared like mm. with, with a hot iron. You know, God God has given us these these mechanisms and these mirrors. You know, the Word of God is the greatest mirror. Spend time mm. in the Word of God. It speaks to our conscience. The Holy Spirit uses it. We can bring it up to other Christians. Um, it is important for us to deal with our sin before it gets to a point where Paul is saying, your conscience is seared as with a hot iron, or or as we're going to talk about next time, when God steps in and, and has to deal harshly with the sin. Pastor Steve, you've got just a couple of minutes left. How, how do we bring uh, this topic home for all of us as we're talking about the biblical way to deal with our own sin? I think I think a good a good way to end it is First John chapter one verse seven. If we walk in the light as He's in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of His Son cleanses us from all sin. I think one of the key things in the Christian experience, whether it's with God or with people, is we need to walk in the light. Yes. Now, when we do that, we are promised fellowship. We will have fellowship with God, first and foremost, but we will also have fellowship with other people. And here's the cool thing that I found, Keith, is is when we walk in the light with God, there is nothing but mercy. Mm. There is nothing but forgiveness because the mercy and forgiveness is found in the sacrifice. We may not always get that with people because the consequences may be such that that the offense might might not restore fellowship. But here's what you will have. You will have honor 
when you confess your sin and you don't hide it or forsake it. And it doesn't matter if you're brought to that confession through conviction or you're brought to that confession through being busted. It's greater if you had conviction because it shows the work of God's work, you know, the work of God's spirit on your heart before. But even if you get caught, the key is, okay, I'm busted. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Mm. And you will find mercy in that case. That's right. And we all need mercy. Amen. All right. Well, let's continue this conversation on our next episode of Shouts of Grace. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church located in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.